Mm. Are you still gonna go? Hell yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do the online thing. You know why? Mm. Why? Game of Thrones released on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people like tried to illegally download and just got their shit cleaned out by like, you know, fraud? I don't and know. I'm the one person like that, that that doesn't give a fuck about Game of Thrones. I just started actually. I was, I was just like you uh-huh. until two weeks ago. Hey, when I posted that, I got a lot of love though. That, that was the most interaction I got on my personal. Instagram saying, just for that. You didn't know anything yeah, about that. Yeah, it's saying, me too, me too. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> there's a great video by Samuel Jackson, and he does a whole recap of Game of Thrones up until this current season. So if you either missed the season, you have a life mm-hmm. or a job, and some kids, and you don't have time to watch. Just watch <laughs> that. <laughs> it's good. It's filled with... Bleacher Report does the same thing with the playoffs, with the yeah, Game yeah, of Thrones the, yeah, the twist. With the basketball game. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but like... uh. Yeah, Samuel Jackson does like this in-depth whole breakdown. It's, it's cool because it caught me up to speed. Yeah. Now, now, <laughs> I felt like I was in the know. <laughs> I only have HBO. I'm like, mm, I know what's going on. <laughs> hey, we on. Episode 52. What's happening? Nothing to lose podcast. I'm Tony. Wait, seriously? For the last minute. I'm Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and we're joined by... Hey, this is Eric, man. It's good to be here. It's good, good to, to have, have you. you here. I feel I feel honored. I feel I feel like I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I got invited to do a podcast. It's my first one. It's good. We got him. We got the got the first one before he blows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> remember, yep. you, remember your roots. Exclusive, <laughs> exclusive. You heard it here first. Listen, man. Like today's been a it's it's been an interesting day where I'm trying to I'm trying to just soak it all in with, between like I said, you know, the, the article and then just doing this. And uh, I was talking with uh, Victoria today. I was like, yo, like. I was like, is this what it's like for people, <laughs> people like you who are like, you know, mm-hmm. doing press and yeah. interviews? And she, she's like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, it's been good. It's, it's really great to be here, man. Yeah. Glad to have you. So for the listeners that have not clicked the link in your bio, do mm-hmm. not know it, squat about backtrack or anything. Yeah. Who is Eric? Man, I know. I feel like I need a shirt that just says link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. too. No, <laughs> the last 52 episodes. <laughs> yeah, man. No, but... um. Yeah, no, I'm Eric Brown Jr., man. I was uh, born here in San Diego when my dad was in the Navy. When, when I was a baby, my dad was getting out of the Navy. He moved me, my older sister, and my mom back to where he's from, which is in Northeast Ohio, mm. a place called Warren, Ohio. Really, 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 really small town, mostly known for sports athletes, uh, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I spent a good chunk of my childhood there. Man, that bike was loud. Um, <laughs> I spent a good chunk of my I spent a good chunk of my childhood there. Um, when my parents split up um, when I was about six, um, and then we lived there for a little bit longer. Um, when I was twelve, my mom said, "You know what? I'm divorced. I don't want to be in Ohio anymore because it's snowing." Mm-hmm. And she moved me and my sister back here to San Diego. Yep. I went to, like the last couple of years of middle school and my first two years of high school here, and then I actually finished up my last two years in high school. Back in Warren, Ohio, in Northeast Ohio. Oh, why is that? Uh, so at the time, I was like young, 16, 16 year old dude, and I think I thought I had, you know, all the answers to everything. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go live with dad. You know, like I'm tired of being here. <laughs> and um, damn, man, it was crazy, man. I, I, I called my dad and, and uh, told him that's where I wanted to go. And he booked me a plane ticket and I flew out. And um, I thought it was gonna be all sun, sunshine and rainbows with my dad. I'm like, oh, dad's cool. You know, me do whatever I want. Man, I got there. They put me straight to work on like oh, projects yeah. for the business and yeah. stuff for like around the house. And right. um, I felt like I had a full time job, except I wasn't getting paid for anything, yeah. you know. Um, but it was good. I mean, it taught me obviously discipline. But um, and so I, then I, I graduated from high school out there, um, went to Kent State University. 
um, for one semester, I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, like I went to college for design work because I had taught myself um, Photoshop and a little bit of design work just on my own through YouTube while I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was in multimedia in high school. And YouTube things like Academy. That. Yo, YouTube University. Yeah, bef- way before that. It was like <laughs> super, like the era of YouTube before ads. Uh, and like, if you can remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, what were those videos? Like salad fingers and <laughs> yo, shoes and creepy. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, and that's why, you know, so I have friends and, you know, they're like, yo, is, is this girl too young for me? And I'm like, yo. Here's all you need to know. Does she remember ads on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> if the answer is no, man, she's, she's probably too young for you, bro. <laughs> no, but man, so I, you know, I taught myself uh, design work there. So I was like, I'm going to go to um, Kent State. They actually have one of the best programs for design in the country. The program's called Visual Communication Design. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I came to find out while I was there was, man, like, once I had to do it for, like, a grade and I was, like, forced to do design work. Yeah, I passion got, wasn't there no more. Yeah, man, like, you know, and I think that was, like, you know, like, young excuse of me being, like, you know, like, oh, the passion's gone. Uh, <laughs> whatever it was, you know. Yeah. Um, Did you feel like you have all the answers, though? Or, like, when you got an assignment, you're like, oh, I already know. Oh, no, man, answer. absolutely not. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, you know, for for me, again, it's just my, my, my opinion, but, you know, we had to do things by hand. So when we're doing design work... Mm-hmm. You know, when you see a magazine cover right. today, you know, that was all thrown together digitally. But when you see a, a design cover from, let's say, Sports Illustrated from, you know, 72, and yeah. it's got some cool artwork, well, that was put together by hand. By hand, like, yeah. Like a photo was taken, and it was cut out with, like, scissors, and it was placed and stacked and stacked and stacked, and then it was photographed again, and there might have been hand, you know, so they really taught us to, they, to, to build, you know, your design work from hand with a pencil and, like, I'm like I'm just, I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people don't know that old cartoons like Looney Tunes stuff like that was literally drawn frame to frame to frame so it, like one episode or one mm-hmm. little clip of Looney Tunes could have been thousands of drawings you yeah. know and people don't don't appreciate that they because don't. of CGI those paper books like remember when they used to do it in class yeah. And Yo, even like old episodes of like South Park. That was that was construction yep, paper. That was construction yeah. paper cut and placed. You know, now yeah. they always coach they do it all digitally. But like, <laughs> you know, so I, I do think there was value in learning, you know, where that came from. I agree. Whether you're in design, whether you're in music, whether you're in, you know, whatever it may be. I agree. You should always learn the roots. Um, but for me, I was just like, oh, I'm bored. So I I was like, I think I'm gonna just join the military. My dad was in the Navy and um, I was like, it was always something that I wanted to do. Did you join the Navy too or did you choose another branch? No, I, I joined the Navy. So I was actually um, fourth generation Navy. So my great grandfather was in, my grandfather was in and my dad was in and then me. And Holy I'll, crap. So yeah. your, your great grandfather, what wars did he serve in? So he actually didn't serve in any wars. He actually, he wasn't drafted. He was enlisted. Um, oh. So he chose to go. He yeah, didn't yeah. really have many options. But still, at that point in time, for blacks, you know, all he could be in the military, in, in the Navy at the time, was a cook. Oh. So he was a cook. Um, my grandfather was kind of a knucklehead. He uh, wasn't drafted either. He enlisted. And um, f- from the story, how it, how it was told to me, was my grandfather actually got kicked out of uh, the Navy for just craziness. My grandfather used to tell me these crazy stories that he used to hitchhike home to see my grandmother on weekends from boot camp. <laughs> like, like, like legit, like you can't do that. No, like, no, no. And then, um, Uber. Uh, apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah. apparently the final straw for him was, um, there's something in, in the Navy called uh, missing ships movement. And that's uh-huh. when the ship is scheduled to leave and you as a sailor, you're not on the ship. 
And if you miss, you know, the time, it's like a really, really, really big deal. Anyway, some crazy story. He was picked up by the Spanish Navy, and then the Spanish Navy had him in custody because they were an ally, <laughs> and then they actually um, came out to sea, and they, like, put him in this basket, and they shuttled him across, um, you know, Take from, him back. from ship to ship. And then when he got on the ship, put him in the brig, obviously, but then when they got back to the U.S., they're like, hey, man. Have a good one. <laughs> like, so he was he was just discharged like that. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, what a thug. yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and then um, my dad, um, my dad <laughs> served. My dad served twenty four years, um, really really long career. And then um, I yeah. Then then me. I, I was the funny story is I was the first one to um, never go out to sea. So I was never stationed on a ship. It's kind of funny just being a sailor. Are you in the navy and not go? Yeah, man, because um, my job was, um, so I was a master at arms, which is a fancy way to say a policeman, mm-hmm. a law enforcement, but I was a canine handler, so I trained police dogs. Oh, in the no Navy. way. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why'd so, you stop doing that? Well, when I got out of the Navy, um, I knew I didn't want to be like a lifer. I knew I didn't want to do 20 years mm-hmm. in the military. I wanted to serve because of what it meant to me from my, you know, my, my family serving. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it was like, look, if I ever do decide to go back to college, It'll be nice to GI have that bill. money, use my GI Bill, yeah. and, and give me the options, you know? So for me, you know, the return on investment for my time was like, this, this works out for me. Not only are they going to pay for my school, but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a housing allowance. Yeah, this works out. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, being a dog handler, um, it's kind of really, really, really rough on your body. You know, we're training, not only are there bomb and drug sniffing dogs, um, but all of the dogs at least during that time, we're also attack trained dogs? for attack dogs. Yeah. So we're, we're training attack dogs. And, you know, again. Did you ever, like, wear the bodysuit and, like, get every just wrecked every by day. a dog? Every day. Damn, you were that guy? I mean, we all so you, <laughs> we all so took you, turns, you, you know? All, you all train your, you all train <laughs> your dogs. I can see Eric. Hey, can, can, can we trade? <laughs> hey, this is not what I signed up <laughs> for. It's your turn, bro. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, you know, when you're in, you know, in the, in the military and you're working a dog, you know, you have a, you have a kennel, and it's, so it's, Every dog handler has one dog, mm-hmm. and you have to train each other's dog. So I would never have my dog bite me in the suit because that just doesn't make sense. Right? That doesn't make sense. So like, if you were a handler, you would be in the suit, and you would be you know, working my dog, and we'd be working on different things and, and things like that. And so you're always in the suit every day training somebody else's dog, Got trying it. to level them up and get them better. Got it. So you guys all are like the bait for each other's dogs. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I just just like the sidebar because like this really interests me. Yeah. What happens like when you train the dog? Because obviously they listen to you, like you are alpha. Mm-hmm. So like, do you just like tell the dog, "Hey, that guy's alpha now," and then the dog listens to that guy, or are they just like on cues, cues, cues? Like you mean like when um like what do you mean like so? I have were, a dog. You were like <laughs> so uh, <laughs> hypothetically, if I was to have a dog, no, um, no. So like you, you were a trainer, right? And like you would get these dogs, and then you would make them into working dogs. Well, yeah. So okay, so I was a dog handler, but you know we're training every single day. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Let me back up. So I'm a, a police police officer, but I also have you know a dog with me yeah. to help me do my job, which is job. awesome. I think everybody should. But with that, you know, there's so much of your job is is training. I mean, I probably spent 80% of my day training either my dog or other people's dogs, and probably about 20% of my day actually doing law law enforcement work, which is nice. I'm not sitting around writing tickets all day. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that they call when, you know, there's either, you know, a scare or unintended bag, or, you know, we've got somebody who's got a, you know, a temper, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, no, to to your question, when you're... 
your training, what's tough in the military is unlike in the civilian world, you know, you don't get your dog and you have that dog forever. Right. The military looks at the canines as equipment. Yeah. So they're specific to the base. So sailors and airmen and Mm -hmm. soldiers and Marines, they all move. So when you move and you're a dog handler, you say goodbye to that dog and you you get a new dog. That sucks, man. And, um, you know, the best dog teams are the dog teams that have good relationships built. And that takes time. And so if you have time to put in, that means spending all day with your dog and building a relationship for months before you even give it a command to even sit. Yeah. Um, Because how would you feel if you just met somebody? And they started telling you what to do. Like, yeah, yeah, you'd be like, oh, get out of there. Yeah. Right here. And so, but when you're talking about a job as serious as law enforcement, you know, that, that job may be, that dog may be the reason why you get to go home. Right. And so you really have to have a that's good relationship. Partner, like, yeah, that's your right hand. That like sounds like the best job in the military so far that I've heard. Yeah, until <laughs> you have to say goodbye. Yeah. Because that, that would sucks. hurt. Who's yeah, your favorite dog ever? Um, so I worked two dogs during the course of my career. My first dog was Pharaoh, and he was a drug detection dog and patrol, so attack dog. Um, and then my second dog was Pedo. Pharaoh was like a big teddy bear, man. Like he like <laughs> loved everybody. Like he was one of the best drug sniffing dogs, but he would also also just be like, hey. He sniffed a little bit too many drugs. You know, especially if a girl came in the room, he was you know, oh. he knew, like if a female would come in the room, he would just go straight to him. He'd like, ah, hey, what's up? <laughs> and um, he was awesome. When when he retired, I was able to actually adopt him. And I had him for like his last few remaining years before he, oh, you know, passed yeah, away. What? Damn. Yeah. How'd you pull it off? Oh, that's nice. Well, that's so, awesome. So you can actually go on right now to the Air, the Air Force. They actually that department they control all of the military working dogs in all of the uh, the armed service branches. You go onto their website. I can't remember the URL, but if you just Google it, it'll mm-hmm. pop up. When dogs retire Link from the, the military, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when dogs retire from the military. Um, you can actually just go on and see what dogs they have available. But when dogs retire, we always give priority to their prior handlers. Yeah. Right? So like, you know, you'd be like, hey, your dog's retiring. Do you want, are you able to adopt them? Most, you know, most of the time it's like, yeah, that's my partner. <laughs> if not, then they try to get it to another somebody handler. Close. Because some of these dogs, you know, are again, are patrol dog. And you just don't want to give them to somebody who, you know, has no dog training or dog working experience, you know. Yeah. Because the, the training starts dog. when they're one. And some of these dogs are 10 when they retire. And they've done nothing for the last decade except work, you know? <laughs> so when they hear certain words or they see certain things and they, you know, get back <gasps> into that mode of like, oh, oh, man. are we working? You know? I can, I can <laughs> only imagine if I took one of those dogs home and then I'm like cooking in the kitchen, like cutting celery and then they see a knife and I just get, <laughs> like just taken out, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, we, we, we again, yeah, anything we, that, we, taking them to a park and then seeing other people around and how they interact and yeah, man, that'd probably suspect be, packages or something. Like, yeah. And, and then Peto was my second dog, and um, he was he was an amazing dog. I mean, this dog loved to work. He'd work with it if it was a robot holding mm-hmm. a leash. But um, <laughs> he was he did two tours in Afghanistan, and he found multiple buried IEDs, and he was just a badass man. And, and um, but yeah, but when I when I again when I got when I got out, it was because like I don't I didn't want to make the military. Do you know what happened to Peto though? Peto actually <laughs> Peto actually died. He actually got cancer like a year after I got out of the Navy. He actually died like a year after Peto, or I'm sorry, Pharaoh died, my first dog. God damn, what a rough couple of years for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was rough. Pharaoh died on my birthday. Which, what? Uh, yo, I, it was like, long story short, on my birthday back in like 2015 or something like that, 2016, 2015, 
he had been sick for the past few days and he began to bloat. And I was like, yeah, we got to go to the vet. And I met the vet and it was just, we could do a surgery that could possibly make him more comfortable. But other, long story short, he was going to die. Yeah. And um, so, I was, you know, I was like, I'm not going to make this dog suffer anymore. But I got him. He's sitting on the... He's sitting on the shelf at the apartment. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> did, wait, wait. Did he, did he, was he cremated or stuffed? Because yeah, no, I got go either way. Taxidermy. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> I got him cremated. So yeah, he's uh, he's with me, man. But um, yeah, man. So then I got out. I got out the navy, man. Four years, five years. I did four. Four. I did four. So um, navy, all that stuff, right? That is kind of complete opposite to what you are known for now yeah man so yeah. let's just get into that tell us about backtrack yeah so uh backtrack backtrack vintage is uh is kind of the the new company that i've just kind of started i've for at least for the past year and a half i've been selling vintage clothes but that kind of came out of a love for selling weird and old things when i was active duty in the navy mm-hmm. so i spent the bulk of my career in seattle and oh. to pass the time, like I would go to estate sales and thrift shops and swap meets, and I would just I pick stuff, and I'd be like, "Oh, that'd be cool. I wonder if I could make some money on that." Right. Whether it be old clothes or a globe, or you know, yeah, like just weird stuff, awesome. old cam- old film cameras. Yeah. And so while I was there, it was funny enough. I don't know if you guys know a song by a rapper called Macklemore, uh, Thrift Shop. Uh, thrift Shop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of, like, happened while I was stationed there. And, but, like, I mean, is it... So that was your intro? You walked through no, the thrift store? Catchy, corny song, but, like, people, like, the it thrift... It was 99 cents. <laughs> you know, the thrift scene in Seattle, like, you you could get some stuff at least, you know, eight years ago for, like, really, 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 really cheap. Yeah. But um, it was this always like this hobby of mine, mm-hmm. and I just would I would just do it, and I would I'd have fun, you know. And so fa- fast forward to me living back here in San Diego, I'm, I was going to college for the, you know full time, but to pass the time, I started going to you know Kobe swap meet here, and I was yeah. checking out you know clothes and again garage selling, you know, or estate sales, going to estate sales in La Jolla and Del Mar oh. and like rent, like. You know, I think one of the best things, one of the reasons why I love being a cop was because with my job, especially being a dog handler, when we could get a warrant, I just got to be a professional nosy person. I just got to, be, <laughs> you just got to go through yo, stuff. And yeah. so, you know, like when I pull up to an estate sale and like, and you go and you go in there like, yeah, just, you know, feel free to walk throughout the house. You know, I'm like, don't oh. mind if I do. <laughs> and I'm like trying to see how the other half is living. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, I'm, and I, sometimes I feel bad because usually what happens with an estate sale is that some old person passed away. Right, yeah. And the kids are like, you know, we're trying to sell. But I'm in there and I'm just like a savage. I'm like, all right, what can I, what can I find in here, like, to flip real quick? And then, um, you know, so that's what I was doing. And um, wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> what, what was your biggest flip? Oh, man. I mean, like, as far as, like, profit? Okay, you're... Biggest profit, and then also the coolest item you've ever found. The item that you wanted to keep for yourself. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the toughest things about being in the in like the vintage game is like being like any reseller. Can I sell this, or I really want to keep this? Um, one of the coolest things I've ever found and flipped for probably and and for the biggest profit, it was in Seattle. I found an old animal control sheriff badge from like uh, I don't know what county it is, but it was city of dallas and it was from like on the back was etched really 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 tiny it was like 1954 oh. something crazy like that and like little legit like iconic 
stereotypical sheriff badge right. star with a circle around. <laughs> and like, yeah. And um, I used to find like old police badges and I used to sell them on eBay. They go for like big, big money. Yeah. I bought that thing for three fifty, and I just like let me just put it on eBay for like two hundred bucks and just see what happens. Somebody offered me like a buck seventy five for it, and I so instantly took it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> no. And if you like, look like when you sell something like that, you get that big flip. Uh, you get like such a dopamine hit. But oh, um, yeah. you know that's when you're like looking for stuff. But I got into clothes. Um, you know, as far as like vintage clothes, funny enough, I started working at Urban Outfitters just to bring in like extra money during what the holidays. You done? Yo, what, I, <laughs> what haven't you done? Yo, what haven't you done? Listen, man, I, I kind of consider <laughs> Do myself, we want to go there? <laughs> kind of consider myself a jack of all trades, master at none. I'm like, kind of like decent enough at a lot of things that like I can like be helpful. Yeah. Um, but, um, but when I was working at Urban Outfitters, I used to work at the one uh, downtown in the gas lamp. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of one of the trends that was, was happening was, you know, obviously vintage clothes have kind of been on the rise. Right. The last but Urban Outfitters would get clothes. They would get clothes. And it would be like a Nirvana teeth, like a reprint from like the early 90s. But obviously, like it wasn't vintage. They would wash it 80 times. So yeah. it looks real faded. But they would have 50 SKUs of them in every size run. And me, like I would initially see them like, oh, that's dope. But then, like, I'm, you know, I'm following stuff. I'm like, oh, this is lame. Like, they just, like, licensed this or, like, old Grateful Dead shirts. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, like, when I was like, oh, well, these shirts have to exist. So then I started looking around San Diego and, like, Southern California. I was like, yo, I'm finding, like, original stuff from, like, when the <laughs> band was on tour in, like, 96, you know. And um, that kind of catapulted me into just selling vintage. So probably, again, like, for a year and a half, I just kind of been building out my inventory because I knew at some point... I wanted to do um, a store, and how the bus came about was um, back in January. I've been looking for a storefront. I live in PB, and um, I grew up in Claremont, one town over, and so I just love the beach. It's like one of my favorite areas. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's tough is like real estate here in San Diego. Like you guys know, yeah, yeah. it's awful. You're like you got to pay rent, and Every, you're like everyone rents, nobody owns. Did I like you making life decisions trying to pay rent? Like, did I eat today? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's real. So I'm like, okay, like for what I want to do, you know, like the like the collection I want to curate, you know, it's going to be really really small. So I'm just looking for like a boutique. And I found a couple of places um, that I'm like, this is perfect. You know, I reach out to the landlord, and like the landlord would be like, you know, send us over six months bank statements. I'm like, well, like okay, like we're brand new. Like this is my (laughs) business plan. And like, I want to take a chance. Found a place in Little Italy that that was perfect. Um, James Coffee down there has this dope space where oh, yeah. got like a bunch of, and I've been All trying to, ones. yeah, I've been trying to get a space in there for like three years, and so <laughs> I just so happened to go in there. The space was empty, mm-hmm. and I reached out, finally got in touch with somebody, and they're like, uh, you know, the space is already spoken for, but we'll we'll keep you in touch. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I actually, they did like some like artist pop up for like. A couple of them, I'm like, oh, oh, great, that, that's yeah. cool. You know, <laughs> that, that was definitely worth their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, other, other landlords I reach out to, they send me an email and I send them over the stuff they asked for. They just ghost me. So I'm like, man, like I'm for real striking out. And I'm like, yo, like I wonder. I think I made a side of saw a food truck roll by me or something, and it reminded me that like mobile stores existed in, mm-hmm. in other places, but I couldn't recall seeing any here in San Diego. I was like. Maybe I could do like a mobile store. And I know, you know, at least from the research that I've done, the mobile store world has kind of been dominated by women. Right. And I was like, I don't know any, any guys who've got a mobile store. But I was like, okay, this might work. If I can get the bus for cheap and I can do the work for cheap and if I can, 
make this happen. I was like, this might be the way to go. So I started the quest, the Craigslist quest for looking <laughs> for, for a bus. I was looking for actually I was looking for an RV at first. The bus was like just stroke of luck. Yeah. Have you gone to the North Park one? That they do. I, you you sold there, but also there. Oh, the SD uh, Vintage Flea Market. Uh, yeah, I think it's flitching right there. The Donald the Secret. But there in that SD Flea, flea uh, Vintage Market, yeah. there's a trailer. Oh, did you see that pop-up you know trailer? I have seen that, and, and I sold it. I sold at that event, uh, the last event that they had a couple of months ago. And that really kind of gave me the confidence uh, to to go full steam ahead with selling vintage because I in six hours I did something like twelve hundred dollars in sales and mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I just had stuff out. Like, what if I really, really, really tried? Let me ask you though, yeah. because like vintage clothing is awesome, right? Um, the thing is, a lot of people like that's that's like not their bag, you know? Mm, yeah. So. I guess my question, why would you like pigeonhole yourself to something so specific? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think you're right. Like for me, I love fashion kind of as a whole, right? So yoga mm-hmm. where the trend goes. Well, n- not even that, but like for me, like I guess where I focus on is like a vintage tee. Like if I can throw like a vintage tee with like some new kicks, I'm like living my best life. <laughs> but when it comes to business, I do believe that there's riches and niches. And I think if you try to reach everybody, you end up reaching nobody. Right. And so for me, I was like, let me Got focus it. on older, older, older items, more skewed towards, towards men. And I was like, let me just live there. Let me do that better than everybody else. Not saying that I'm better than anybody, but like let me put my best foot forward trying to build out this. And, um, and let the market decide. Okay. Well, let's say that Backtrack is a hit. You make, you know, bucks. And then everybody is like, oh, like, Eric, we want you to lease our spot. You get a storefront. And now you got to get more merch to fill those shelves, right? Yeah. That's so a... are you, are you going to stick with, like, the vintage era clothing? Or are you thinking about expanding maybe? Yeah. Or? I mean, you know what? Like... I definitely want to cross that bridge when we get there. It's a, it's a, for any business. It's a good problem for, to have. Exactly. You know, and um, for me, like right now, I've got a lot of inventory to the point where, you know, Victoria, who you guys had on here a few months ago, how's she's your, like, how's your, par- how's your, how's your apartment? Because she has all the shoes. Now you have all the vintage. Like, yo, you guys even walk but, to oh, it? Between, <laughs> between Nike boxes. So now you walk in now and it's like bins of vintage. I got racks of vintage. But it's all stuff that's going in the store for when we launch on April 28th in PB. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, it's sitting there, and I'm just like, yo, like, <laughs> it's going to come out of the living room. I promise. I promise. Is there, like, something I missed? You didn't read the article. I just read the article literally. Re- Man, April 28th, we have our, our launching event. I, I brought you guys some flyers, too. With some, oh, with we're, we're definitely going to give those out. But, Especially uh, in North Park. People love vintage around here. Yo, absolutely. You know, I, I, I kill it in North Park. But, um... Uh, vintage Threads and Grails are a, they're a vintage store MPB yeah. and um, Stephen over there him and his girl they're, they kill it and they've got a really big store storefront there but probably for the past six months they've been doing this vintage bazaar so like every quarter they have like 10 vintage sellers in their back lot they got a huge back parking lot and they have like food and drinks and like beer and it's just a good time it's kind of like the SD Vintage Flea mm-hmm. just down by the water and um, so I'll be selling it that, but that's going to be like our official like launching day. It's going to be a thing. Oh, and, uh, that's what you meant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you were telling me about that <laughs> earlier. Okay. Oh, you thought cool, I was doing cool. a storefront? Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, oh, I was man. like, <laughs> I was like, did I miss something somewhere? Like, you got did that you email say that? Real quick. Yeah, I was like, did you just check your phone and then you just got approved? <laughs> no, but no, you know, your Beyond. original question was like, you know, what are you what are you going to do if somebody if we're killing it? Uh, 
it would be dope to to be at that point, you know. But there's a, there's a couple of boutiques here in San Diego that that have done it. There's some awesome ladies that um, run a store called Stroll. It's in Little Italy. It's actually right across the street from James Coffee. Mm-hmm. Four or five years ago, they started as a mobile boutique, and now they're in a storefront and they're killing it. And so I think that's definitely the goal. Yeah. I don't think I want to be in a school bus forever. But this was kind of like my way of like saying like at least I can control yeah. how I want to start, right. and if so I can build enough, yeah, if Did I can you? build enough uh, buzz. If I can create a, a cool enough shopping experience, like, yo, what's, have you ever shopped inside a school bus? Nobody. You has. know, so I was like, yo, like, that's going to be dope. And if I make it dope on the inside, you'll be like, you, you won't care about the price. You'll, just, you'll care yeah. more about the experience. For the, the ambiance. Yo. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm just going to ask a really dumb question right now. Yeah. So how do you get sales? Like, do you find events, park the van, and then unload? Or do you drive around like the ice cream man with like a song going up? Yeah. <laughs> At $4, buck, he's not going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. It's a great question. So for us um, on our schedule, on our Instagram, you can check out our, our schedule at some events that we're going to actually be at for yeah. the beginning part of summer. Um, but so we essentially just pay a vendor fee at some of these events, and then we'll we'll post up shop there. But literally, instead of us setting up, you know, a ten by ten tent, people are just walking in. You know, that's kind of the beauty of it. Like my setup time is like literally like ten minutes. I put stuff on hangers and racks, make sure stuff is steamed, and like call it a day. And I literally open the open the bus doors like, hey y'all come <laughs> in, and um, you know that's my store, and um, not you know shopping at, at you know. Flea markets is dope, mm-hmm. but like, switch it up. Like, oh, like this, you can come inside and shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, actually have a store. It's an experience. You know? Yeah, everyone yeah. wants that experience. Yeah, That's so, awesome. so I figured, you know, give them a dope shopping experience, and then you know, brand it right, and you know, let it let it happen. I already, I, I feel like I already know that my product is good because, you know, for the past couple of events that I've sold that the market has responded well. I said so. Now I pair that with a cool experience that doesn't really exist here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, like, I'm just going to try my best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For the listeners out there and Joey, how much was the bus? Yeah, so I got the... (laughs) (laughs) I did ask earlier. Yo, I got the bus. I paid $2,000 for this school bus. Uh, What's funny was I wasn't even looking at the one that I got. I had looked all over. I had been inside some real sketchy RVs, like Breaking Bad RVs, bro. And like, yo, like, not had a warm and fuzzy about the RVs. And uh, one night, I'm just scrolling Instagram, or not Instagram, I'm scrolling Craigslist at like two in the morning, and I saw this posting for a, a bus for, that was like listed for like $3,000 uh-huh. in Ramona. It was yellow. It was 23 feet, which is still a short bus. Yeah. I was like, am I going to drive out to Ramona just to go look at this bus? To hate it. Yeah, like <laughs> or like, you back. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I, I, at that point, I was feeling like I was running out of options, and I was like, well, you know. If uh if you go out to Ramona and it sucks, find some thrift stores in Ramona and at least you can thrift on the way back. Like uh-huh. I hit every thrift store on the way back. So I was like, cool. So I drive out there to this ranch, bro. This property was so big. It was like a compound from like, you know, like the walking dead. <laughs> I like this was the longest driveway I drove up to. I'm in my little car. I'm like, yo, this is <laughs> they buzzed me in. You have arrived. <laughs> they buzzed you in. They buzzed me in. Okay. They like from their long gate. I'm telling this is like a football field and a half is the gate from the house. So I'm driving up. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And I'm and I pull up and they got this huge big industrial garage that would like fit a plane or like, you know, a semi truck. And I get out and uh Nice old like man with like an accent. 
comes out and he well, goes, what, what, what kind of accent? Was well, they it? were from, I found out they were from Switzerland. Oh. So like, if you can, Im- I'm not even attempt a Swiss <laughs> accent, but if you can imagine that, um, that's what it was. And um, he was super cool. He, we wobble over to, uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the bus. Well, he had this crazy like limp and I was like, oh man, like, is this. So G-? you started like, like walking like him to make him feel comfortable? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't want to like make him feel bad. I was walking on normal. He was like limp. You guys are in stride. <laughs> got to keep up <laughs> with his face. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So like we go and I'm looking at the bus and um, like the bus was bigger in person than I thought. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, yep, there's the bus. And he goes, yep, that's, that's the one. And I was like. Yo, man, I hate to say this, but I was like, this one might be too big. And he's like, he goes, oh, well, I got a smaller one. I was like, oh, you do? He's like, yeah, it's around the corner. And I was like, oh, oh okay. And he's like, yeah, follow me. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I, yep. I was just thinking that. Turned on, find my friends. I was, I was like, I was just thinking that, man. Sorry, that I is... let, my, let my phone ping off of a cell phone tower. And I'm like. Because I went back into cop mode. I'm like, well, what does he have uh, right here? <laughs> oh, just follow me down this hallway. Yes. <laughs> we come around. No, we're still outside. We come around the back of this garage, and this little gray bus is sitting there, all cute. And I was like, oh, this take it. This would be perfect. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, I thought you might like this. And I, I, I go, <laughs> and I go, and he opened up the back, and it's filthy. And on the on the side it says Scar- Carlsbad School District Maintenance Department, mm-hmm. and it's gray, and it used to be yellow underneath. And again, I opened up the inside and it's just covered in crap. But I was like, yo, this is like the perfect size. I hop in my head. I got clearance. And, um, you know, there's four windows down one side, four windows on the other side. And then he's like, also, the reason why you're going to love this bus, he goes, it's a 1994 diesel, which means you don't have to get it smogged in California. And I was like, bingo. Oh, <laughs> oh, he was just laying it on you. He was laying it. Was, what what a great salesman to provide you with like the crap first to get you down and then you'll take anything after that. Yeah. You know, you're just I'm eating it up and I haven't even heard it start up yet. I was like, I, I, said, I stars, said, yo, man. does it start? And he's like, it might need some new batteries. I was like, all right, well, let's, you start it up and then we'll go, we'll go from there. I'm going to see how much I really got to dump. He starts it up. Then his wife comes out and met her. She's super nice too. And, um, it was real smoky because it had been sitting. They bought it at auction from Carlsbad School District, and it kind of sat. They were going. They bought these short buses because they were going to turn them into little schoolies, little RVs, oh, that's cool. and then they were going to flip them and sell them. Cool. Apparently, he told me this crazy story. He fell off a roof and got hurt, and he wasn't working on them. The wobble. The that's where the wobble came from. I said, ah, I was connecting dots. I said, that makes sense. And um, so the bus starts up. It's real smoky. It looks like a Michael Jackson music video, but <laughs> it fires up. I'm like, yo, this is cool, and. Um, so they shut the bus off, and um, so like, well, what do you think? I'm like, you know, I'd really want it. My uncle owns a, um, a auto shop in Kearney Mesa. And I was like, I'd really want to take it to my uncle's shop, have them pop the hood, take a look at it, and um, and I said, in three, you know, three throughout three thousand dollars is what I was looking to spend, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm come on, like the picker in me was like, I'll but man, I don't know. get it for half. I said, I don't know if I could, I could. <laughs> I'm gonna even, hit you low. I said, I don't even know if I could, I could put more than you know, like fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. you know, and they were like. Well, we could definitely do two thousand. I was like, two thousand cash, and they were like, "Yeah." I was like, "All right, bring it to the shop. We'll get the AOK, see what it is, and um, we'll go from there." They 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 brought it down from Ramona, um, popped the hood. Literally, only needed like at least to get it mobile, mm-hmm. like seven hundred bucks, and I had that because it was still under my three. Right. <laughs> so I, I I gave him two G's, and I went down to the DMV. I got it registered. Um, 
what's funny is he's like, I'm pulling up the DMV and people are like, like giving me the weirdest looks. <laughs> like, uh, these dudes gonna like live out of this <laughs> thing, be some dirty kid, like living out of this bus. You know, you can live off your car now, oh, so. Man. <laughs> no, man. That's like, they, what, go, the, they go back and forth on that law, so. <laughs> Seriously, though, that, that's like one of the days you shouldn't have worn a vintage tee, because now you just like, you know, the vintage tee, yeah, you, you just look homeless, <laughs> you know, Nirvana, <laughs> you're just Yo, coming out of a smoky real, ass bus. Real grungy. <laughs> um, so then I got the bus register, and then, yeah, I needed about like 700 bucks uh, worth of work just to the motor. Mm-hmm. I needed a new thermostat, and I needed a new alternator, and I put, had to put brand new like industrial batteries on it because it's diesel, so it's got two batteries. I'm learning stuff. I never had a diesel car before, and I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I just know it's cheaper gas. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's cheaper right now because right gas is, again, crazy, but um, Four yeah. Four this morning. Yeah, I, I cried filling up the tank, but... <laughs> Um, so, and, and, and that's really what I put in. So I put about 27, about 2750 into the motor. It was about another 300 to get it registered. Cause it was, I had to get it registered commercial cause I was going to use it for a business and the weight was so much on it. Cause it was, oh, so now you're 50 bucks over your limit. I was, he did everything you know. legal though. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, man, like if I'm going to do the business, I'm going to do it right. You know? And, um, so I'm, I'm legit. I got my licenses. <laughs> I got my, my permits, you know, we're good. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, <laughs> businessman. <laughs> yeah, but but you know that that's so important. I think a lot of people who are into selling vintage, or even if they're selling at swap meets and they're selling, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, um, so many people they don't have like the licenses and they don't have the the paperwork and to, to each their own. But if you want to grow and you want to really be able to track your metrics and see where you're at to, to know where you're going, mm-hmm. then I think you have to be legit because it gives legitimacy to yourself. Yeah. And again, it's going to, one, you're going to sleep better at night because literally the tax man could come and pull up and be like, Yo, you, we, we know because you post on Instagram because that's how people sell now. Yeah. Yeah. You post on Instagram, we, you've been selling for a year and a half. Here in city of city, yo, we need some taxes, and you know, so you're either gonna pay that or or pay a fine, or you know. So I was like, let me just you know go legit, and so I feel real good. I got my my Chase business account with the name on the card, (laughs) super super official. official. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, okay. So. From from there though, like honestly, sky was the limit. Well, you know, I, I I knew I knew because it was a small space. It's seventeen feet from the front to the back. Like you know, most people's beds are bigger. California king bed is bigger than seventeen feet. I think is you it know? really? No, nah, I'm kidding. Damn. Damn. I was gonna say, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit! But like, um, people, my bus looks bigger than it is. My bus fits into an actual one parking spot that you would like if you pull into a Target. It fits in. Literally, no hanging off the front or the, or the back. So Perfect for a swap meet. Perfect for a swap meet. But when you think about it, that's not a lot of space to work with, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I knew that visually, from a, from a design standpoint, I wanted to keep it as light in there as possible. Um, so I just did the entire inside in just a coat of white, a couple of coats of white, actually, after it was <laughs> cleaned. Um, the floor was a mess. There was a couple of spots in the floor where I actually had to patch and do... Um, and level the floor. I just did that myself. I literally looked up mm-hmm. on YouTube how to level a floor. Oh, nice. And uh, Did it have ads this time? Yeah, YouTube had ads this uh, time. Okay. Yeah. The game has changed, You're man. too young for me. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then the stupid algorithm got me, and I'm getting ads for, like, quickcrete <laughs> and, like, self-leveling. I'm like, I don't need this, man, you know? But uh, I looked up how to do, you know, the self-leveling. I, I patched the floor. I leveled the floor. And then um, I picked out the floor. I wanted to do it really, really, like, gray because I was, like, again, just wanted to keep it open and light in there. And... Um, 
I, I picked a really, really good floor with uh, a good insulation to, mm -hmm. so it wasn't creaking. Like, so now you're over your three thousand budget. Well, my three thousand dollars budget was just what I wanted to spend on okay. the purchase of the bus. I'm just messing with you. No, no, you're, no, you're good. <laughs> and um, and so when it came to the inside, I was like, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Uh -huh. Um, yep. you know. Well, that's your image. Like that's your yeah. You got to put money into it to make it look how you want and In present my, it. It's your storefront, so yeah. And even like to this day, like it's not to where it could be, but I'm like, it's to the point where like, one, you wouldn't know it looks like this on the inside. Mm -hmm. Two, it's still dope in here. And I I did a lot of stuff myself. So after the floor was done and installed, um, which was after the paint went down, then I was like, all right, now I want to build out these racks. So just trying to work with the space that I had, I built out the custom racks literally from Home Depot, pine wood, galvanized pipe, mm -hmm. measured, cut all at Home Depot for free. Before that, did mm -hmm. you know how galvanized pipe was that expensive? Um, did you have an idea? Or? <laughs> I did. Because um, I know a lot of people like see that on the image and like, oh, that looks dope. You know, I want that as my closet because we don't have much closet room. But then when you go to actually get actual galvanized, yeah, so it's pretty penny. Big thing is like make, make, making sure you're buying like the, because there's two options when you go to Home Depot. Black. You get the black and you got the silver. Mm -hmm. And the silver is crazy expensive. <laughs> People don't know that, you know. And um, the black is dirty and it's got crap all over it, but it's it is a little bit cheaper. And um, but that's why like knowing how much you need so that way you're not wasting. And also, pro tip is using some of the scrap pieces. Um, pro tip. Pro tip. Making sure you're using like the scrap pieces mm -hmm. if you can, if you need to do a smaller. So, um, I had from my time at Urban Outfitters, I kind of took in as much as I could as far as like visual space planning. And um, I, I didn't want it to feel like you were being invaded when you walked into the bus. So, from the exterior, like it's a real smooth shopping experience from top to bottom. It's a face for. Because now it's all making sense. Mm. What? The the dots are connecting here. The there's dots a, are connecting here. See, there's a method. I could have worked at I could have worked at a movie theater. I could have worked. Could have had a rolling movie theater. But I, but I, exactly. <laughs> no, but I I've I've always been into fashion and I've always wanted to do a store. And I said, well, if I'm gonna do something as far as retail, maybe I should go work for a company that's killing it and they've been around for a long time. So I went to go work at you know one of the largest retailers to the, my demo mm -hmm. you know that exists and so I tried to be a sponge and I didn't have like some management job there I was just retail associate I'm talking to people giving yeah. people like you know uh, stuff I'll and do the grunt work cuz that's what I need to do and then when my managers were laying this out is all spaces very, this is all very military I'm sorry but <laughs> yeah 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 recon and then infiltration <laughs> and then you know subterfuge <laughs> That's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is all very military, all you right. Know, and they just make it using my again for me like the biggest thing, the biggest value that I have in for me is it isn't money, it isn't stuff, it's my time. My time is the most important thing because I'll never get it back. I agree. So while I'm at you know while I was at work and I saw my boss and my manager laying out new displays or rearranging you know things or bringing stuff in from right. corporate, I'm like, yo, like you whatever you need me or whatever you need me to do, like I'll help you with mm -hmm. and. And to them, I'm just helping. But for me, I'm taking all these notes like in my brain, like why he did that or why they. Okay, didn't. well, because like backtrack. I mean, this this uh, this story about it seems like it popped out. You had a dream one day. You woke up out of out of a sleep, and you're just like, I'm gonna do this. But now it sounds like you're really methodical, and you sort of had an idea about something you wanted to do, you know, fashion wise whether it be selling or distributing or, you know, anything like that, 
That it's, it's, I mean, like, there's there's kind of more to it here. Okay, wait, there's and, levels to and, it. And, and and what he'll say is he'll say, you know, what haven't you done? Once upon <laughs> a time, while I was active duty, uh, oh, here we go, something else you did. <laughs> my cousin, my cousin was in town, or I was on leave, or one of the two. And um, him and I were you on leave? Were you allowed, or were you like your great grandpa and like just jump? Oh no, yeah, I know. <laughs> like I, I was, I was allowed to be home. I was home. Oh, yeah, I was here in San Diego. I was still stationed up in Seattle, and um, he had just graduated from college in Chicago. And I was like, "Yo, come live with me in Seattle. Like, live somewhere else other than we have family in Chicago." And then he's from San Diego. That's the only two places he ever lived. I was like, "Come live with me in Seattle. Like, it'll be dope. Whatever. If you hate it, you can move. Whatever. Right. Experience somewhere else." Mm-hmm. So while we were there, we had this idea for this brand, and we started this, our clothing line, which I thought was super cool. It was called Black Stripe, and um, we just made T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats, oh. and um, we really like, learned what it took to make one garment, and it, it's more than like what I think people think. You, right. you know, you're wearing nothing to lose podcast shirt. Yeah. And that was pretty easy, though. Was yeah, just screen print on yeah. that. But if you were going to turn that into a brand, then you would oh, need yeah. like so many you more need things. A sample. And so we, uh, we, we started that thinking we were going to be the next, you know, like hundreds or like diamond supply co or like we were like we're gonna be in like zoomies we're gonna be like pack some we'll be killing it and that was like definitely like the goal mm-hmm. um i think we we lasted for like two or three years before we're like all right we can do something better with our time yeah um and i don't consider that a failure but what i took from that was like yo if you're actually going to do something whether it no matter what it be you should dive into the industry that you're in and you should go work in it so that way you can actually see what it takes you know People see retail stores or they see a, a, you know, a storefront or a restaurant. They see customer buys it and they leave. But everything about, you know, when you walk into an Urban Outfitters is designed to get you to spend more money. And then once you've made it up in your brain that you're going to spend money, everything else is designed to get you to spend more money. More money. That's why those little, little tiny things are by the register. So you can just be, when you're standing in line, because you know you're going to have to wait, do I need this face mist? Do I need this face pin? mist? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the, the, way, the way things are placed, you know, are, yeah. are specific and intentional. And for me, the biggest thing I learned in the military was attention to detail. Right. And um, I try to take that with me, you know, even in the business now and how I've laid out the store, how I place items on racks. You'll, be, you'll see it when you guys come through. You'll be shopping through something. You'll be like, yo, this is like a dope, like vintage Lakers sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get like two more feet and then you'll stumble across a vintage Lakers hat. Now you thought you came across it on your own. You're like, yo, I could put these two together. (laughs) But I put it there, you know, that you would self-discover it on your own. And so I I really, really enjoy it. Even like my hang tags, you know, like I use old like sports cards, which is nothing new in the vintage world. But what I try to do is I try to take it a step further. If I'm selling an old Bulls piece from the 90s, the tag that's going to be on there is going to be a player from the 90s from the Bulls. So you'll, you'll see like little gems like that. I want your experience while you're in there. I want you to feel like you're taken care of. Even if you're just browsing. You want Even it to be fun. Even if you're just browsing. Because if you don't have money and you don't, you're like, oh, this is like out of you're where I want to spend. You're going to tell somebody. You're like, yo, I didn't buy anything, but like, yo, you're into this. You should definitely go check it out. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff is done nice. So attention to detail is kind of like the biggest thing I've taken away from my career. Just like the way everything is laid out so far, you're either the luckiest guy in the world for just, you know, agreeing to do what you've done in regards to your life experience, or you're one of the smartest guys in the world. I think, for he's, ta- <laughs> I, I think he's taken everything that's thrown his way and just like sponged it and learned from it. Yeah, I definitely would say luck, man. Like, like, like even, mm-hmm. you know, my, my life now, like I... I think what it is, is is I'm not afraid to try something. Or if I have an idea, something that I want to do, like, I'm going to do it. You're, yeah. yeah I, I would rather be, like, 
80 years old and completely content with my life because I tried X, Y, and Z. Right. And then maybe they failed and maybe they were great. But like I could not live with myself being 75 and being like, man, I could have I could have tried to buy a bus and like right. put a store in. Like, Remember I wish the one time I should have? Yeah. yeah. Yo, and so um You be, are definitely a doer. Yeah, like that, that that's me. I'm like, I'm let's figure out how to get it done. Like if, if we're gonna do it, I wanna do it, I wanna do it well. Let but let's there's like no like come back? the information is out there. Like if you wanna start a business, if you wanna start a podcast, you wanna mm-hmm. like like I think a lot of times people forget that Google exists. Yeah. You can literally uh-huh. be like, like I'm sure people have asked you, like maybe on the street, like how'd you even get into starting a podcast? Like you didn't know that these microphones were out there or what software that you're using. No. You threw it into Google or you talked to other people. Yeah. And um, for me, I think you, you have a lot of people who operate from the standpoint of like, I don't want to try something because what if it fails and I'm out of money and I'm out of you know X, Y, Z or like people were going to laugh at me and be like, I told you so. You couldn't do that. Yeah. And for me, like I just, I just don't operate that. I don't operate like that. And even from you, know, like my my parents, I'm. I will say I'm blessed to have parents that support me. Yeah. Because um, I could imagine it would be a lot tougher if my parents didn't say, sure, like, go ahead, like try it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of parents that say, no, play it safe. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Get a job. You're wasting you, your time. Yeah. Go be X Y Z. And for me. You know, I, I love my parents and, and my dad, you know, when he got out of the Navy, he was a barber. He started a barbershop, which exists to this day. Nice. And so I, I grew up watching my parents be entrepreneurs. And um, so I just loved it being like, you know, it's a Wednesday and it's two. Well, let's go. Or like, you want to take vacation? Cool. You can do that when you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you're on somebody else's time and, and someone else's clock. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, I really like the way that you laid out that your dad is also a business owner. Because I feel like, like you know, not success breeds success, but like that mindset of being self-sufficient mm. breeds other mindsets of being self-sufficient, you know? Yeah. And like just being adventurous, risk-taking, because life's a gamble and there's like two hards. You can, I, I can it's say a my you, if, shitty nine to five and be hard, <laughs> or I can go out and buy a bus and then. Yo, but you could do it. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, a lot of it is like, what do you, if you're content mm-hmm. at your nine to five and you're living your best life? No. Well, yeah, that's, 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 that's where it's tough. But like, I know a lot of people like who work, you know, 12 jobs, but they they love what they do. And that's, that's the key. Like for me, I wouldn't be happy being in a in a cubicle. And for me, my mental my mental health state is way more important than my pocketbook. I could, with the experience that I have, I, I've had interviews with the FBI and TSA training them for homeland security. But like, I'm like, I just know I can't do that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And working for myself and having the option to to do what I want and my day is like, I feel like my days are like the best. Like I wake up. Like, like seven o'clock, man. I go, I get a, I get a cup of coffee. Folders in your cup. Latte, you're just <laughs> latte with some oat milk, and then you know I, I send emails. I create stuff for social that I'm gonna post for the day or whatever, and then you know I'm like, oh, it's ten o'clock. Goodwill's open. Salvation Army's open. Exchange <laughs> exchanges open. So I just start hitting the thrifts, like you know, because they're bringing out brand new stuff that's like just got put out, mm-hmm. and like. That's like the dream, like 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 that's what you get to do. Now I'm working my butt off, you know. You know, it's like I say, I'd rather work. You know, I work five to nine and not have a nine to five. But like, I'm like in charge of my day, and it's hard work, and it's 
you know, a lot of work and there's a lot of things I have to do on my end. But like, again, for me, for like my happiness meter, it's mm -hmm. like being able to do that. Check this out too. I'm pretty sure that you're the only one currently who works for Backtrack SD. Yeah, right? one of one. So, <laughs> so your, your entire business model really is like almost self-sufficient. Like you are, you don't have a staff. You don't have to pay anybody's salary. Like you just take care of you, whatever you make, you make, you do, you know? And it's just like, yeah, I, that's I, I feel like that's smart, perfect. You're doing it right. And yeah. You and know. I, you know, and it's having the discipline too. Cause a lot of people, you know, whether they have a regular job and they have a side hustle, right. you start mixing money, right? You, you know, you, you sold, you know, clothes or you sold whatever you sold. And you're like, it's so easy to take that 200 bucks that you made in a couple of hours and you're like this is mine now mm -hmm. but like get the way i have everything structured I'm like it's it's not mine it's yeah. the, business. the business and i can i can let's do the math a month from now and say what can i actually take out of the business to where the business still made a profit i paid myself a little something if anything at all mm -hmm. and can continue to let me buy inventory travel where i need to go to, to buy inventory and making sure we have enough events on the schedule to where we're out making money. I mean, the bus works getting it in front of as many people as possible, which is nice. I can't move my retail store from, you know, La Mesa to, you know, college area. Right. But if there's an event going back to school for college at SDSU or yeah, UCSD and they want vendors, yo, I'm there, you know? <laughs> so. Hell yeah. Make yourself available. And That's, then yeah. See how it goes. I like that. I like that. This is be interesting to watch. I like this, like this, because we, you know, we had people that made it or like are already there, and now we're gonna have Eric. That, yeah, like, this thing could started. suck. Like, this, <laughs> we could go back and be like, Eric. So There's, now, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm back to the Polaroids. I'm, I'm living in the bus. But yeah, like, like I'm now liquidating everything. So if you know any fire sale, no, that's what's crazy. You know, it's like I, again, I feel really, really blessed and humbled again that you guys had me on. But even you know, like I said, Pacific Magazine did a little, little story, and I'm like, yo, like we. We ha I haven't even opened the doors on the bus yet, and so like people goes, like that idea yeah. though. Like it's, this is it's something new. Like a lot of people don't. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's new. It's specialized, but it's not like so specialized where you know, I'm sure anybody who even walks in the door, regardless of age or background or anything, could probably find something and be like, "That's kind of cool," you know? Yeah, you're gonna buy so, something or you're gonna tell somebody about it. Buy something, word of mouth. What's interesting I mean, is I've sold. As far as vintage clothes goes, I've sold to um, a girl as young as twelve, mm -hmm. and I've sold to a to a guy as old as in his early sixties who like saw a piece that like a vintage polo bear piece that I had. He literally, I mean, it was probably one of the most expensive items I had in the booth. It was mm -hmm. like sixty five. And He just picked it up. He didn't ask me any questions, and he pulled out sixty five bucks and he just gave it like because the pieces that I have, you know, they for the older people. It sparks something, right? Yeah. It's like instant nostalgia. But then for like younger people that I have, like they're into vintage now. Yeah. And um, so I get to interact with them and talk to them oh, and, and teach them how to style like vintage pieces with what they're wearing now. You got the best of both worlds. <laughs> Victoria says he's the smartest guy in the world. I, I think that it's when I said you're either the luckiest <laughs> or the smartest. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she, she knows, like, she knows, man. Like, luck has nothing, like, this could easily. Go bad. My, my, having the buzz has been great, but also like I was, you know, I was telling Tony earlier, it was like, 
people be hating on the bus right now. Like mm-hmm. I have it parked outside my apartment, and like people like ride on the bus. What? Like, what yeah. do they ride on the bus? Lipstick. They don't like. They want me parked there because the bus looks bigger than it is. Right? <laughs> it looks bigger than it is. So I think people think I'm taking up like two spaces. It's the color. And I'm not. I yo, it's <laughs> something. What would they? What they write on there? They wrote "go" and lipstick on my window. Thank God <laughs> they didn't like do it in paint. But they call the police on the bus. Um, to tell me to move it because it's been longer than 72 hours. What like, color is the bus? The bus is like Navy ship gray because <laughs> the when I bought it, they painted it gray and it used to be yellow when it was actually... A so it's bus. like it's like concrete? Yo, you can see. If you go on the Instagram, um, at backtrack.sd, you zoom, you can not, see. zoom close enough. You see the Yo, yellow. <laughs> you, can, you can see the yellow. It's like on the stripe, which is why when we did the animation... Um, we kept the yellow stripe because it was like, uh, <laughs> it, it like differentiates it. <laughs> it's you <know>. like quirky. <laughs> yeah. Would yeah. you ever wrap it later on? You, that, so that was like the initial goal. Mm. And, but <laughs> mo- I got to mo- make money. <laughs> mo- money went onto the inside. And I was like, you know, my grandpa used to say this thing. When I bought my very first car, I was, um, I was 17. I paid $800 for it. And I remember just complaining. Like it was my money that I had earned. Mm-hmm. But I was washing the car and he came by and he was like, uh, you look, you're in a bad mood. You should be happy you just bought this car. <laughs> I'm like, I am, Grandpa. But like, look at this thing. Like, 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 it is jacked up on the outside. Like, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm like thinking, I'm cool. I'm like, no girl's gonna want to roll around this. And then she got He goes, let me tell you something. You ride on the inside. I said, what? He's like, you ride on the inside. He said, he said, you should spend your time not worrying about the outside. You should make the inside as clean and as comfortable as possible. And from that day, like I remember, I, I gutted it, I like shampooed everything. <laughs> I, I was like, "He's right," you know. So girls, you know, at the time they pull up, they'd be like, oh, "I did not expect it to be like this on the inside." And my mind shot back to the day when I was working on the bus. Legit, I'm telling you, when you walk onto the bus, I don't like people don't expect it to look the way it does. Like I think the biggest thing that people say, they go, "Oh," like that's, like, that's <laughs> what they say, and. Um, and so I haven't done the outside, and I almost <laughs> I feel, like I feel like, like, I, like I won't. Like maybe kind of yeah. like when you walk to a house in the ghetto, but it's all nice inside. You're like, oh, shit. you can't make you can't <laughs> you can't make it too nice on the outside because then people go on like you know mess with your stuff. So it's like camouflage. You come onto the bus, you're like, oh, I did not expect for it to look like this. And so it's kind of like that wow factor. Not to like you know give any handouts to anybody trying to break into cars, but do you keep inventory inside the bus overnight? No, no. So I mean, yeah, I, yeah, good if, call. I, if if I'm I had located it, at <laughs> da, 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 yeah. Beach. <laughs> If I had a house, you know, and I had my own property, then I would keep it. I would keep it in there. Of but I wouldn't even keep it on hangers because it'd be swinging while I'm driving. Um, but um, yeah, so I just load what inventory I'm going to take for the day. Mm-hmm. And um, the cool thing about the bus is, you know, once we sell out for the day, like you go home. That's it. So <laughs> you know, we're really trying to create that like buzz. Like I need to be there when the bus opens because a piece that he's either previewed on his Instagram is going to be there, and two, three, four mm-hmm. people want it. And it's not like everything in, in the vintage world is like scarcity. Yeah, there's like multiples of things, but like you may not see that piece for another right. year, two years. In that condition so it, or available. It, yeah, it creates this instant urgency in the market where like people are like, I need to buy this now because I may not see this like ever again. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that as well because, you know, uh, what, what is that old term, supply and demand? Yeah. Right? When supply is down, demand is up. So yes. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got a couple questions, though, that we want to run by you. Um, yeah, let's do it. Looks like we've. We, ah, he has such a great story. You, we, you, we, you, we can, chop definitely, in, you can chop it into part one. Yeah, part two. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, um, but 
for, for you know for, for the most part for the listeners backtrack sd um check him out like eric said his schedule is posted on instagram uh facebook you know and you know catch him when when you can because like he said inventory is very scarce so it's, it's yeah, very limited it, it, you know we try to have a lot of a lot of options for people um, but I think that's one of like that again. That's like the beauty of like vintage clothes is that again, like you don't know when these pieces are gonna, you know, be ever, around, ever, and, yeah, and, come back. And um, and then you know when you when you get something, you know, you like really want to hold on to it. And so yeah, it's just been awesome on this journey and being able to do this and and uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here like in the beginning of your journey because I can see big things for backtrack and then. Later, I'm just gonna come in your store and be like, "Hey, do you remember the one time when Yo, you were in the pub? when, when you, you guys are huge? Do you have okay. any discounts for <laughs> for for my poor ass over the, the, here? Do you have any <laughs> friends, friends and family? You're gonna have a fleet of buses. I'm, I'm gonna be driving one of them, working for you. It's gonna be great. No, nah, man, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the questions, or are you just gonna? Okay. All right. All right. Um, Tony's working on technical things, but I have a question that I kind of want your opinion about, and like. You know, th- this could be the okay. segment where we, we get to know you based on your answers, so mm. no pressure. Um, if the uh, viewer hasn't heard, in Connecticut, uh, there was a state championship track meet where two transgender girls were allowed to uh, compete, and they ended up sweeping mm-hmm. the entire competition. So just for clarity purposes, they were uh, naturalized as boys. Okay. They identify as girls. hmm and they were allowed to compete in an athletic competition where they swept the state championships. Yeah. What's I, your opinion on that? I remember seeing this story, uh-huh. and I remember, um, I remember initially having a, a thought or a, or a response, like, just right out the gate. And I was like, yo, that's, like, jacked up. And then, you know, actually, I, and I only heard about it on the news through audio. I'm, like, an old man. I listen yeah. to the news on, on, <laughs> on my phone. NPR. So, NPR. Yeah, well, they talk really, really close to the mic. And, they and they're chewing everything, and like, mm. Thank you for listening to no, and uh, so I was like, I was like, okay, like maybe like like I don't know. I saw the actual video, and these you know these girls, they're like jacked. They got more muscles muscle tone than I've ever had in my <laughs> entire life, and um, you know they're killing it. They're like dusting people, and um, you know I watched the whole thing, and for me, you know my opinion is just like, look, if you identify that and that's how you really, 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 really feel and you still want to compete until until the state where you compete puts it in the rules that, 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 that you can't. I mean, they're doing everything, you know, right. I think it's like the same with whether it be a law or a traffic law as if you're or, or even tax law. If mm-hmm. you're operating within the law, um, you know, then, then, you're, then you're in the right. I think what it's going to force people and us as a society to do especially when it comes to sport because things are a little different when it comes to sport right even i think that there's been a couple of stories about like mma fighters as well right um you know victoria tells me all the time you know because she's a language instructor she goes the number one reason why languages die is because they don't grow and they don't change when when a language stops adding words it begins to die latin died because nobody (laughs) created new words and people just stopped using it and I think the same is with sports. The reason why the NFL and basketball ratings are higher than it's ever been and they're killing baseball is because baseball out of the big three has been the, the, the sport that has been so hard Stagnant. to make changes. They want to add yeah. a pitching clock and people are like, no. I remember when they added instant replay 
it was like a big deal. But I think in order for things to improve and to get better, we have to make changes and changes have to be made. So whether that's a, you know, a whole division for athletes who are who identify as transgender or who are transgender, um, that may be an option. But if the rules stand the way they are, then those girls, I mean, they're, they're in the rules. And it may be unfair to those girls who have, yeah. you know, who are assigned female at birth. But like, you know, you may have to get into a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> you may have to okay. get into a different sport, you know. And um, but okay. I, I definitely can. I would empathize with I empathize with the with the with those girls. And I think the biggest question would be to the girls who um, who are who are assigned female and they identify as female. Have, I, I didn't really see too much talk against like about those girls, like their opinions on these two transgender girls. It was only the parents. Yeah, and you know, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it also didn't help that um, you, you have to get consent from the parents for like right, right, right. minors just, to just to release this yeah. exactly. And and like all the, these girls were fifteen. 16, but you would think, so. since we live in a world with social media, one of those people would have posted on something on their social platform and the news would have taken it from there too. Well, I actually did listen to an interview by um, one of the one, one of the girls, I think her last name was Terry, um, and she was saying how she gets a lot of quote-unquote hate from competitors that mm-hmm. she competes with, like in the locker room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Who are like cis, cisgender? No, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and like so she she deals with it often, and then also parents who have been saying stuff, the comments on the YouTube videos for the interviews and uh, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, and, and I guess the question also comes to as well is competing at the next level. Obviously, if they're stellar athletes, you know, they're, you're talking about offers, and that's why the NCAA they've implemented those rules, saying, you know, if you are, um, I don't know them verbatim, but I'm pretty sure it's if you're a um, if you're assigned male at birth and you identify as female now, in order for you to compete at the NCAA level, you have to have uh, been one year um, taking hormones and, and, and estrogen. So that way, you know, you're... Big ticket, yeah. But, you know, but what scientists have said, they says once you've gone through male puberty, which these, you know, these obviously w- these women have, have yeah. um, that advantage is already given. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, it's one of those things where it's just like, what in the world? But I, I think it's going to force us to come up with solutions and come up with, you know, that's going to be the norm. Right. It's going to be, whether it be in five years from now or 10 years from now, I think when I have kids, you know, it's going to be their life. And I think, you know, obviously what we decide now, what we continue to decide in the next two, three, four years that's going to lay the foundation for how life and sport exists, you know, in the future. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just me. Yeah. But realistically, if you were like a judge on the panel for that Connecticut competition, the state championships, mm-hmm. and it was a, you know, three person vote, one person said they can't compete, one person said they could compete, and it was up to you to be the tiebreaker. Yeah, if it was up to me, I, my default would 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 go back to, are is what they're doing against the rules? If the if the rules are in place now, where all it takes is for verbally someone to say that they identify with this gender, then they are one hundred percent in. What it. if it's never even been addressed, and this is like a uh, uh, precedent? You know that. Yeah, and I think that that's a deeper conversation. I think that goes <laughs> into 
you know, I think for a lot of people who like, you know, we're we're straight males, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, I think we can easily get into the place where, you know, we try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. Right. But I think somebody who has either struggled with, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out where they identify, what group um, they fit life in. is already yeah. tough enough for them, right? And it, let's say they they. Like maybe the only thing they get joy from is that hundred meter dash, or is you know that that really they damn get to it. I'm like with. really trying to back you in a hole here, but you just keep giving me <laughs> no, man. You are just like Victoria. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, you know how hard it was to try to get her to like you know uh-huh. slip or uh-huh. say something that I can catch. You two no, are it's not even, you two it's, are ridiculous. Over no, here. I, don't, I don't even think it's like you know. Um, it's just it's it's just you have such good energy. I just I don't try even, to. I mean, if that was my kid and like. Like and their outlet was sport. Their one like, thing. God damn you know, it! Like God damn it! You guys, your your answers are so PC today. Stop. All right. Um, what are you doing? What do you do with this whole case? Because this is going to be the example for a lot of things. So. Yeah, I mean, how, how are you voting? Let them play. Okay. I'm sorry, man. Like those are kids, and just like you said, you know, if they identify one way or another, mm-hmm. I guarantee you they go home to either, I mean, un- unless their parents are super groovy, right? I'm sure that they have judgmental parents, judgmental family members, uh, peers at school probably make fun of them all the time, you know, and even even if that wasn't the case, once they go on to like the adult world, right. I mean, things get better because you get more mature and you can handle it better. But it's still a really rough, long road for anybody who, you know, happens to be quote unquote unnormal. You know, so yeah, let them play. Just just like you said, if if their only outlet is like a hundred meter, you know, um, today. Well, also, it was like if it's within the rules. Yeah. Now, if, if the it, rules were different, yeah. you asked me the same question. Yeah. Like, then what it does is then it forces say, okay, well then we need to look at these rules and then they need to be addressed. But as they sit, yeah. you know. You actually mentioned something earlier about like, you know, devising a new division mm. for, you know, transgender. And I, I think that, that that might be fair because this is the kicker that I was going to throw at you that I was supposed to throw you off if you were to Yo. give me a, an answer. So these, these trans girls, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call them girls for yeah. sake of identity purposes. So these, these girls swept the competition. One came in first, one came in second, mm-hmm. right? Um, comparatively their times for the, I think it was the 50 meter or something like that, um, wouldn't have even broken the top 100 of the men's competition. Mm. So I was, I was thinking about it today and I was like, I was like, so metaphorically and realistically, like, I hate saying this, but like, they just don't belong, you know, with either category. Like they, they wouldn't even make it in the door right. if they were, you know, I did the whole men thing, tried their damnedest at the men thing, they wouldn't even make it in the door. They they would have been like one hundred and twentieth, and then yeah, you no, know, because then you like okay, you look at that on paper, right? You yeah, know, like, I think what the, what's something that that's interesting, and uh, it was an opinion of, of somebody. I think it was listening to a show. It was in the UK, and they were talking about this very thing. And he was like, okay, how is that fair, right? In high school, as a freshman, I I played varsity basketball here for um, oh for, varsity for, as a freshman as a freshman at Madison nice, Madison nice, High School nice name drop there yeah. a, little, you know. a, little, a little humble brag athlete <laughs> <laughs> um, in my time and when I was a freshman Chase Budinger was mm-hmm. a was a senior he played for the Rockets went to Arizona State uh-huh. he was he was the number one recruited volleyball player in the state of California he was like the number two recruited basketball player big tall white dude just could ball. 
and I'm on the court with him, and he is all of six eight, and I've been this same height since the eighth grade. <laughs> and I remember he caught a fast break. I don't know who he stole it off of, and I'm I'm going back, and I'm like, am I gonna like attempt to block this dunk? That he's, I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna step out the way. And me on the court, fully developed, is not fair. Playing with Chase Budinger, who was <laughs> who was an NBA level the athlete, protege, and so I think whether it even be in male sports or you know women's sports, you're always gonna have some level of like, yo, those people are just built different. You know what I'm saying? And they smoked us. Yeah, and yeah, they may also have a penis. But I can't even compete with them on a level on my best day. Yeah. And so, I, again, I think with sports, there's always going to be some level of like, yo, that just doesn't seem fair. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, like, because like pure, pure sports, mm-hmm. pure sports literally are only about physical ability. They aren't about a moral compass. They aren't about, you know, if you're a nice person. They aren't about this or that. It's literally about who's the strongest, who's the fastest, who's the most agile, who has got the most endurance. Mm. You know, so I mean, you, you don't even have to speak the same language as Passion, somebody heart, to compete. Yeah, all all that Nike just do it. But you know, like you don't you don't even need to speak the same language to compete with somebody on like a physical yeah. thing because you know your body speak the same language, right? Unless yeah. you've got like three legs and. You know, whatever. Shout out to the Special Olympics. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that... <laughs> Even if you look at that division, I mean, those people are competing, and you have people who, you know, somebody who's competing, let's take the same sport, let's mm-hmm. take track and field. You have somebody who's got, let's say, maybe a mental disability, but all their physicality is still there, and they compete. They may be competing against somebody who's running track, and they may have a deformity. Right. Like, that's also still not fair. And we're talking about gold medals and prize money that you get from the government. Yeah. And so I think, again, man, just top to bottom, there's, there's always when, when I played Pop Warner for the Claremont Hawks and we, you know, had to play Balboa, Little Raiders, you know, and all these kids are just crazy athletic. I'm like, yo, this game is not fair. There was a team in our division from Mexico, from Baja. They mm-hmm. were called the Dolphins, the Delfinas. And they traveled <laughs> well, man. And I remember they're bigger, taller, faster than us. I was like, this is not fair. I think, I think the important well, thing, man. What are you going to say? What are you gonna I was say? just going to say, man, they're not drinking Gatorade. They're drinking Corona on uh, the side. Yeah, I think some of them drove themselves to the game. Oh, Pop yeah. <laughs> Babies in the stand watching. Daddy. I'm like, they just had homemade meals. They had homemade meals. Can we now. get a birth certificate check on this guy? Um, but, I, you know, I, 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 again, I think this where it comes to, to, to education is talking, man. If you have somebody who's, you know, different than you mm-hmm. we just got to be better as a society as saying like it doesn't make you know it wrong it just makes them different yeah hmm. okay we're all gonna be different we're not gonna get the same advantages because it is a competitive sport yeah. so we're not all gonna be on the same playing field to begin with and now them being transgender throws another wreck into it yeah know? okay all right all right so let them play general consensus we're, we're for it all right, we're for it, and um, they have to have a baseline, I think, rule, because like this is gonna come up way more times. Like we're, just we just we're just getting started right now. Just like Eric said, I mean, this is gonna be the new norm. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be the new norm. Is. So I, I, that's why I'm not saying use this as an example, but like if it happens at a bigger level, if we get professional with it or something like that, then mm-hmm. we gotta set the rule now. Well, yeah, WNBA. Didn't you ever watch that movie about Joanna Man? So, <laughs> yo. Could you make Juana Man in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like, that's so crazy. 
But yeah, I mean, there was talks. Brittany Griner, Griner, she wanted to be the first female in the NBA. And like when you look, when you watch her play, you'd be like, yo, she might be able to be able to do this. <laughs> and I even, you know, when, when we were, you know, coming up, you had Michelle Wee. And she was the first to compete on the, or, you know, second next to Annika Swarmstam. But she was the second to compete on the PGA Tour with the men. Mm -hmm. And even though she was killing it in the LPGA, you know, from the tee, she really couldn't compete. Short game, yes. Right. Putting, yes. But you talk about the advantage of just from straight brawn, just yeah. taking her two extra shots just to even get to uh, you the know initial a drive. shot on the green. Yeah, and um, now that's something. Now if it was the opposite, if we say we got Tiger, who's now identifies as a woman, he's gonna go play in the LPGA, and that's something to look at, you know, because probably on Tiger's worst day, as a as a woman, he would probably still be dominant just off of the tee. Yeah, just alone. the way that his body is designed. But um, I don't think it's going anywhere, and I so I think rather than passing the buck and being like, yeah, whatever, we have to start just even having conversations. I think when people stop yeah. talking about things, they fail to grow and they fail to learn, yeah. and Damn. so we just got to keep talking. Embrace it, stop whisper talking, and actually bring it out. Yeah, conversation. You can't be afraid to talk. So many people are afraid to talk about stuff because they're worried about what other people are gonna say. You're worried about sounding stupid. Mm -hmm. You're worried about offending somebody. Like, listen, man, like, I'm like, if I say something and someone's offended by what I'm saying, I try to look at two things. What was the context? Right. Was what I said taken out of context? Mm -hmm. too? And like, you got to know my heart. Like, that, that's not what I meant if I did offend somebody. But then you also have the trolls who are just out there fishing, man. I just have, I have, I have, so, much, I have so much empathy for people like that, man. Like, their life must suck that bad where they're just looking for something to like Any go off about. You know what I'm saying? It. Like, I'm too busy, man, at a thrift store. I'm trying to find some stuff to sell to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like that. I like that. He like said. That. He said you had a question for me. I got one. Oh man, I got one. I'm, wor I'm more worried about you. yours. This one, I... he knew, you knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew about it coming in for the listen. Um, so there's people have conversations. You overhear them, right? So we're at a bar. I'll take is, that is as a hypothetical. Hypothetical at a bar, but it, it could be anywhere, right? But okay. I'll use a bar reference because it's more out in the open. So someone's having a conversation, someone's asking a question, they're talking about a topic that you obviously know something about because you either, A, like the sport, or just it's something you have read something about. So like if me and Eric were at a bar and then the booth behind us was talking about like vintage clothing. Right. Okay. Eric's looking at you like, damn, they're, they're, he wants to fact check them. So that's where I'm getting at. So you obviously have the knowledge. You know what someone's talking about is wrong. Like exactly. 100% wrong. Exactly. Oh, okay. okay, cool, cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Is it rude? To interject yourself, interject and say something, or at what point do you just like, hey, let me tell you, like I introduce myself, or how do you like? Because obviously, he's probably telling somebody else, and that person's actually believing him too. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is is the, <laughs> this is, has to is be like the, the going to be so contextually yeah, it has specific? To be. You're gonna yeah. have to give a couple of examples. So like if okay, well use your example, vintage clothing. So okay, you Joey are at the bar. Some, somebody's with me, say, John's with me. John's telling me about vintage and how he's flipping and everything like that. He's mm -hmm. like, I got this Tommy Hilfiger the other day. It's from 1985. It comes in red. And then Eric's like, no, in 1985. It just came out at Urban Outfitters. Yeah. It just has the old label on exactly. it. Exactly. So okay, now, well, well, hold on. Because I think, just like you said, context. Like, if, if what they're, you know, lying or fibbing about is destructive, mm -hmm. then I would interject myself. Like, if, if, they, were, if they were, you know, convincing somebody mm -hmm. that... I don't know, something ridiculous like, phew, fuck, I don't know, like if they were preaching about how Muslims are like, you know, the 
worst people in the world and like they they should all die i you know just, just for clarity I'm, I'm not saying that that was like an example <laughs> or like if, if if somebody's like you know preaching wow. or if somebody's saying like you know i think that all all kids you know are all terrible human beings and they, they all should die too i don't know or some, some if, if what they're saying is destructive mm-hmm. And can shape somebody else to be thinking like their destructive path, then yeah, I'll also interject myself. But if I'm listening to like some guy trying to cupcake with a girl mm-hmm. and he's throwing out some lies about some shit, just like he, he can look cool, I'm you're not, not gonna, gonna say anything. That. Yeah, no, you're I'm not gonna, gonna mess with that. But if it's something that you obviously have a passion for, yeah, and you don't want that, it, you don't want that content out there because you want to stop. Yeah, so I guess for me, um. <laughs> you know, me and Victoria are very, very similar. And like when we're out in public, mm-hmm. like I was telling you guys a story about the um, the movie theater and people talking in the movie theater. Uh-huh. Like I just, yeah, why are you moving? Because people behind us are talking. Let's go, <laughs> let's go. And um, that's messing up my my movie watching experience. I paid money. I want to watch this movie right. quietly or just not with a full blown conversation happening. Mm-hmm. But um, so then I'll, I'll maybe publicly interject in that way. Um, I try to just fall back on like. Just like my upbringing, man. It's like mind your business, you know. Yeah. Like you can, you can be listening to somebody's conversation, which I love. Again, yeah. I love being those. I'm like, Ooh, what are they talking about? <laughs> I'm like, baby, do you hear what they're talking about in this booth? <laughs> <laughs> they just said, you know, and, yeah. and then, um, you know. But again, I think it goes back to like now, if you're talking about um, maybe like a people group, and maybe that person's just re- really, really, really ignorant, and you do have something to say. I mean, I think it, it's all about how you go about it. What you have to be. One hundred percent prepared for mm-hmm. is that person to respond to you in a way that you maybe didn't wouldn't like or didn't expect. If you're gonna put yourself into somebody else's conversation because you for whatever the reason is, maybe you're more knowledgeable or maybe you just feel like I just had to say something or I'm mm-hmm. you know self righteous or whatever it may be, you don't get a say in how they react. Right. Correct. So whether they react great when they go, Oh man, oh. like I didn't know that, like thanks. Or yeah. they go, Get the hell out of here. Like, yeah. who are you? Who like, the, and then, yeah, like uh-huh. you're not in control of that. So mm-hmm. say what you're gonna say and be happy that you got it off your chest and you put that out there. Um, but don't expect, you know, and be like, wow, I never thought it. Have you ever been wow. arguing with have you ever been <laughs> arguing with somebody about whether it's like politics or like a point of view or something? Mm-hmm. Like, I can probably count on two fingers when that conversation was over, the other side was like, you know what? From now on, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, wow, you yeah. know, a lot of people That's really good. Imagine being called out in like a private, like if some, like if I fact checked you right here, you'd yeah. be like, you'd probably be more like apt. But like, say you were out with your girl, yeah. <laughs> and then I fact checked you, like you would a, be like, yeah. you then you'd be like in like defense mode, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But like I said, like, you know, I try to just, you know, keep stuff to myself unless it was like detrimental, but I got to be ready for that energy back if, right. it's, if it's if it's not good. I like that. No, I mean that's that. It's completely right. I really like the way that you decide to appropriate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Did this happen to you? No, but I, I, I it's happened to me. Where's this coming myself from? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. no. no so like, I was in an Uber pool. Who okay. hurt so you? So I was in the back seat, and then the, the two girls are talking about Saving some money. kind of music, some artists, and well, that's stuff. your first problem. You in an Uber pool? <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, I mean, and then so they're saying something about contents about some rappers and stuff like that, and then me just being me, I like. They're talking about Nipsey, and I just jump in. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... Were they saying bad things about Nipsey? No, but they're going the halfway story. So, you know, like the newsletter. Like, they read the news the beginning, but they didn't really know the contents of Nipsey. Mm. So they didn't know the background of it. So I... First off... Not that like I was going to educate them or pure, anything, but pure, it was just like... Pure-ass disclaimer right now. Mm. 
Nipsey's death is not being taken lightly. Mm-hmm. Like he was legitimately a hero to right. some people. So yeah. I think that if you don't know mm-hmm. about Nipsey, then you know, just don't. Yeah. Seriously. Like I've I've seen people almost come to tears right. talking about this guy. You know. So I mean, like just just don't. Don't. I agree. Yeah. So it was just, I had to fact check him real quick and be like, no, this is actually what he did. This is what he was going to do. Well, okay. Well, how, how'd you do it? So we'll be, we'll be the two girls in the backseat talking yeah. about it. Okay. So you heard the guy, like, okay, apparently some rapper or whatever. Oh, like, like, he like, was did, a did, you, did you just go, did you go, um, excuse me? No, uh, no, 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 no. Or like, so how'd it go down? The best part was like, the Uber driver was like, I don't think that's the right way. Like that. So it was a gay Uber driver. So the Uber driver was like, um, I don't think that's necessary. Why does he got to be gay? They, no, but it was great his attitude because the two girls were like, listen. So that's eased the mood that I was see, able to. You said to- gay and then you did the voice. You did the character of the girls. So. <laughs> right, right. No, I, always, I always joke. I was like, yo, if I was gay. I think I would just you wouldn't know it exactly <laughs> like, exactly like you wouldn't know it by my like my mannerisms right. I'd just be like this but I'd be like yeah man you trying to get some food or something? oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay but go on back wow. to the I really like your shirts yeah and after this if so you he yeah, eased man. the mood by no, saying like ladies the voice. okay like girl I don't think that was the way you know I okay, don't think so that was the, the driver the, helped you out yeah, the driver he helped me out. first he gave me the alley oop he I said uh uh uh-uh. and, and then you and said I came in with a dunk and I said no actually Nipsey was actually doing this for his community yes he was related with gang, with uh, gangs but he's actually was trying to do this and reunite the buds and the cribs and I just threw some little facts out there and I'm like oh okay and one of the girls was really into it the other chick was just like Damn, Linda, like, when's our ride ending? Like, checking the Uber app, like, I'm gone. So, hey, for one out of two, like, that, I expected that, just being there, like, but I did, I didn't want, for when you're so into a topic like that, you want to jump in, and especially if I'm in a car with you for another 10, 15 minutes, (laughs) I can't listen to you BS or try to act like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think at that point, in in your scenario, like, yeah, like, if you know, like, feel free, like, speak up. And, the, the biggest thing is like, yo, like, if you don't believe me, you can look this up. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to jump down your throat. Right. But like, just when you, if you got time later, just Google it. Like, Google community work, Nipsey Hustle, <laughs> see what you get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, because when she, when she has a conversation with somebody else, you know, maybe she may not react the way you wanted to to you, mm-hmm. but you got the point across, and, you, and the outcome was, yeah. Mm. Wow, well, I didn't know that. Man, a lot of people just and it's just it's just nature. Like they human just talk nature. shit. No, I just they just they don't like when they don't know what they're talking about. They just talk shit. It makes people feel. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, like honestly, for real though. Um, just going back on that, I, I think that sometimes if you're in a room full of stupid people, or in this case, like an, an Uber full of stupid people, and like you still got ten minutes on your commute, then. You know, I'm sorry. You just you just gotta shut up because if you think about it, hey, the big factor is I was never gonna see him again. So well, yeah, I didn't no, even care. Right. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess. But by hey, the ladies, like, uh, but, actually was doing something. But <laughs> once you follow me on Instagram, uh, <laughs> you're wearing that shirt. Yeah. my shirt. No, so but but like the the thing about that though is like you probably had the right information, mm-hmm. but you are not a point of authority that they can look for credibility. Right. Whereas, you know, like Fox News yeah. can say, oh, local gangbanger Nipsey Hussle shot down by, you know, all this stuff and, like, perpetuate the wrong information. Mm-hmm. Could be completely wrong, but because they have that, like, point of authority and credibility, that's what, you know, those two girls, wherever they are in the world, would probably listen to over than you, even if you were spewing this, the, yeah. you know, 
Well, that's yeah. why you guys have to, you know, not you guys, but anybody in general. If you have people listening or watching or viewing or logging on or checking out your page, you have to understand the responsibility that you have of having a platform. Yeah. And so let that be an example. Like everything you say, everything you put out, you know, to your audience <laughs> is feeding them a information, good and a bad, whether, right? it's, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. Because like Fox News, you're like, I remember when Kendrick Lamar got the uh, the Nobel the Nobel Prize for um, you know like um, for uh, songwriting, and they were like reading his lyrics on. Mm-hmm. They're like, "This is the guy they gave the, uh-huh. the." They said, "And we hate Popo. Mm-hmm. Want to kill, kill us dead in, in the street for <laughs> show?" And then the girl, uh, "I don't like it." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you about know? the most recent one? You seen the one with the game and his? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So they had a, there was a chick on Fox News who was like. Talking shit. Or something yeah, uh, she was talking shit about Nipsey's death, like Ooh. laughing about it, and and now there's there's a petition online to get her like removed from Fox News. It's got like forty thousand votes or some shit like that. But listen, but, man, you just you just have to you have to always know the space you occupy and the, and the ears you you know you have because the, gone are the days where you can just say whatever you want, let that live, and it be that right. like this. <laughs> oh, oh, this and computer, like it's there. it's the equalizer. This is your echo for life. Yeah, this I mean, what whatever you say, everything you say is is now you know. I didn't say that. Yeah, I did. Fact wow. check. You guys fact check by your own phone. Google it. Yeah, Google, Google it. it. Google my name. Link in um, the bio. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, yeah. We've we've definitely uh, gone over the time slot here, but I don't I don't regret one goddamn minute. You're Freaking hot. Eric, you're awesome. Well, man, I appreciate that, man. Uh, it's been great being here, just being able to plug just, away, just to talk, man. I mean, and I'm still learning. You know, I, I, again, I, so I, I feel honored that you guys have, have had me to come on and talk about everything. We but, just kind of um, wanted to hang out, yeah, you know. Man. I mean, like, like your your story is awesome, and like we're glad to be getting our foot in the door mm-hmm. while you're still getting it off the ground, you know. Yeah, which is cool because. Once you, then you're gonna take us with you. So exactly, man, and that's why to anybody out there who's listening, man, you podcast have, you gotta, on you, a vintage bus. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Coming you to just, the city, of New York. You just gotta get, you know, to a place in life where if you know, if you're, what you're doing makes you happy, mm-hmm. and whether that's adding a side hustle that you like that you love and work on your side hustle until it becomes your main hustle, yeah. um, do that because you're gonna thank yourself down the road, even if you like. For me, I try to like never consider anything a failure, man. I either I either succeeded or I learned. And I know that's like cliche for mm-hmm. like people to say, but like even when stuff sucks and like I'm like, dang, like I did not see that coming. I'm like, all right, well, it didn't work out for some reason. So right. I, I try to I try to like see where, where I could have went wrong or where things went wrong and where I could kind of pivot. And the other thing I try to do is man, I just try to plan in pencil. And I think a lot of times people have ideas of what they want to do. And directions they want to go, and they write that thing in Sharpie. And the thing is, like, when things change, you you, you know, it gets a mess. Yeah. So I try to plan in pencil, man, where it's like, all right, we can still make this happen, but we got to move some stuff around, or we got to just change part of this. And um, yeah, man, I just feel honored that you guys have me here. Last question before you uh, plug, yes, and then, um, have you ever made the same mistake twice? Ooh, Ooh. well, uh, that's impossible. You can't make mistakes twice. You make a mistake once, and then the second time was a choice. I like that. So Jesus like, Christ, I like that. All right, plug away. You tried. You <laughs> tried. <away>. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you can find it everywhere. Uh, don't even follow me. Follow follow the business, and it's on Instagram. It's at backtrack.sd. Uh, that's where you can see all the updates on the Backtrack bus. You can actually see the bus before it got done to how it looks now. 
You can also preview everything that we have going out before the store launches on April 28th. Um, and, the, and again, the big event's going to be on April 28th from 12 to 5 at Vintage Threads and Grails MPB. And I hope to see you guys there, man. I, I really, you know, I built this for you guys to shop and have a good experience. And um, yeah, man, it's been great. We're going to post a flyer and all, all the info as well um, with this podcast. Close to the date and the date. Yeah. Uh, Tony, take us out and then let's just tell them that we love them. I don't know. Thank you for listening, fam. As always, you can find us at Nothing Lose Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and search for us on all your local podcast platforms. Uh, subscribe, tell a friend. Hit us with that five-star rating on Apple. Let us know the love is real. Also, follow Eric. Follow Backtrack. We'll link it below. Uh, all our IG will keep on posting you up with his updates as, yep. as long as he keeps updating us. And we'll, he, we'll that. use that. We'll help each other out. And with that being said, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. We love you. Love you. Till next time. Peace.